Hi, everybody. Thanks for checking into LJN Radio and joining us for You Do What? I'm your host, Tim Muma, and in these podcasts, we check out a variety of non-traditional jobs. Maybe they're a bit odd or just seem more fun than the average profession. Either way, we're letting you know that you have plenty of options for a successful career. You just need to find out what that is. Now, in this episode, we examine fashion. We're not talking about runway models, but the wardrobes of everyday people and how our guests will help to look fine their best look. Now, if you've seen the show on TLC, What Not to Wear, you have an idea of what we're talking about. In fact, Stacey London is one of the hosts of that show, and she's one of the founders of Style for Hire, which is one place our guest works for. Her name is Kim Naji, a style therapist in New York. Kim, thanks a lot for coming on today. Tim, this is so exciting. Thank you so much for having me here. Well, we're definitely glad to have you on. And we want to give people an idea of where you're coming from and what exactly you do do in these circumstances. So maybe just break down a little bit. What is your job? Okay, here's the breakdown. I like to refer to myself as a style therapist. Basically, I make you look good. And from the front, from the back, from the sides, I want you to look good when you walk out of your house. No pulling, no tugging, no wondering if the shirt's going to creep up or you should have worn a belt with the pants. In New York City, a few years ago, we had a blackout. I don't know if you heard about it. And I bring that to the mind of my New York clientele and think, what do you do that morning? Mm -hmm. You want to get out of the house. After a session with me, you can reach into that black closet and pull something out that you know is always going to look fabulous on you. Hmm. Interesting way. You will look good in a blackout. (laughs) Yeah, I I think I would look very different if the, all the lights are off. But uh, I do appreciate that sort of visual because it gives people an idea of what you're trying to accomplish, at least on that everyday path, so to speak. Was there something that attracted you to this profession? Did you did something spark your interest? Was there an event that occurred? I and mean, what what sort of led you down this road? Okay, I'll tell you exactly. It was a pink and gray mohair sweater that I wanted to borrow of my sisters when I was nine years old. Okay. Absolutely how it began. Uh, Can you elaborate a little bit? I mean, that just... Sure. If you'd like me to, I suppose. (laughs) Um, Mohair was very big in the 80s, and it was class picture day. And I asked my sister, can I borrow this sweater? She said no, but she was open for negotiation. So I said, look, what if I reorganize your entire closet, color coordinated, long sleeve to short sleeve, will that get me the sweater? (laughs) And did it work? It worked. It worked. And it's funny because... Each of us walked away thinking the other one was the sucker. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's how I think that sparks the interest in me, thinking, God, this is, this is really easy for me. Mm-hmm. And I really like it. But, you know, I know there's nothing like this professionally, so I'll just keep going and get my degree in poli-sci and do my English major and constantly, which are great, which I would never regret or trade. But it wasn't until... I guess about 10 years ago that Mm -hmm. it was a really nice epiphany. So how, I mean, so then how did you sort of get to where you are now? I mean, did you take certain classes? Did you get any other sort of degree? Was it just word of mouth and working hard? I guess direct us to where you went from that poli sci English area into where you're, where you are now. I moved to New York, and after I'd gotten my liberal arts degree, I went straight into fashion and got a job with Giorgio Armani doing visual design. I first started out as the receptionist there, mm-hmm. and just, you know, wide-eyed, staring in awe at any dress or any pants or any tuxedo jacket that went out of the showroom to, you know, we're sending this to Jodie Foster's closet or... <laughs> 
this is going on. Julia Roberts is going to wear this, you know, swivel head for 24 hours. And then I started thinking, okay, this is definitely where I want to be. I want to be involved in this fashion as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. And I learned that you really, without a background in fashion, they're really not going to take you seriously. They're going to scan that resume. You know, they're not going to see, they look for FIT, they look for Parsons and they won't see it, they're not going to open the door. So I knew I had to get these degrees. I worked a few more years at Donna Karen, and then I went back, went to FIT, and got my one-year intensive associate degree in fashion design. Okay. Out of school, I got hired as a freelancer for like a small company that was owned by Jordash. Okay. And I was freelancing there, and then they just sort of had this sweep, like, look, we're getting rid of all freelancers. You want to stay full-time? Great. You don't? See you later. And that really got me in fashion design. Then our technical designers quit, so I became the fashion designer and the technical designer here, which really, that was baptism through fire. I was enjoying myself doing my pretty sketches, showing the pieces, picking out the colors and the yarns and the fabrics, but now I had to get to the guts of the clothing. Mm -hmm. How is this structurally made? Why is this pair of pants tight in the front, but baggy only on the left leg? (laughs) What's happening here? So it just became very much like opening up the pants, like a surgeon inspecting each thread and each curve. This is pulling this, and this is resulting in a drag line here. But if we release these stitches, magically it falls into place. And it really helped me understand not just the clothing, but the body and what the body fights against and what the body accepts with what fabrics, with what knits, what's more forgiving what's beautiful, but only when worn in a certain way. And it was really, it was a blessing. So now I have these tools. Now I have this knowledge. And I thought I, can, I could work this to guide others. <laughs> I can help some women who love the look of certain dresses that say, oh, I can never wear that. I'm too short. Mm-hmm. Or my legs are too short for this. Oh, I'm too short-waisted. I've got a belly. There are ways that I can disguise these things. And everybody can look good. And I know the secrets of the garment. And then it just became word of mouth. And then one friend, I would do this practice run on, said, you know what? I have a friend who's in finance. Mm-hmm. She's moving to New York from LA and she wants to change her look. So I meet them. That became sort of my initiation into a real full-fledged paying customer. You brought up the idea of sort of, okay, this is where you're starting. So I take us a little bit through that process of when you are with a client, uh, you know, in terms of start to finish. And I know you may be doing different things for different people, but what are you trying to do? Are you talking with them about what they want? What's sort of that process of getting them to look the way you think they can look? Well, it's very intimate what I'm asking the client to do and what they're asking me to do. So you really want to approach it delicately. When I first get introduced to them via email or phone, I send them a questionnaire. Where do you feel comfortable spending on shoes? And I'll give them a few price points Okay. on a pair of pants, on a dress, and then get the idea of where, what their budget is, what they put value on. And finally, I'd say, what would you like to get out of this service? And it could be something clear as well. I just got promoted from assistant to manager. So I need to leave the flip-flops at home and get some nice shoes and just really clean it up a little. Mm-hmm. Or it can be, I had a baby about a year ago. I'm still carrying the weight around. Can't fit into my pre-baby clothes and my maternity clothes are too baggy and I just feel a little lost. I don't know what my look is anymore. I was an executive. Now I'm a mother who's getting back to the workplace. I mean, there's so many variables. 
involved and sure. they don't know what their look is at times. So it comes back with different ways. They would fill out the questionnaire and based on their answers, what they said to me and what they want to get out of the service, I would put together a quick little lookbook for them, something for them to sift through. This would include some weekend wear. I'd show pictures of maybe summer dresses, something flirty with some flats, or maybe something more rugged with jeans and a nice well-fit t-shirt. I would throw in some black and white, or they would show in some really bright colors and see how they react to these photos. So as they're reacting to the photos, I'm reading the reaction on their face. And all right, so when she saw those trousers, did she kind of wince? Think, no, I can't wear pants. And so we really get a sense of it. Or they'd linger on a photo. I'm like, this is, I like this. I like this. If only the sleeves were like this, or I would, I wouldn't wear those shoes. But that's the kind of color I'm looking for. And that's what I wish I could wear. I mean, that's just golden. When they give me a nugget like that. I love it. So I think, well, that's exactly what you're going to wear. And this is how we're going to get you there. So as much as you may need to have an eye for fashion and and understand, as as you said, understand the different ways that maybe clothing works or different fabric works, it sounds like you're really trying to read the person as well as part of like an essential skill for you to be successful. I mean, you really have to. In all industries where you're dealing with people and a service that you're providing to people, you need to have that empathy. I've been through it. I've gone through the job changes and I've had two children. So my body has, you know, gone all over the place. And I think that's a real advantage that I can bring to my clientele, whether it's male or female. We've all gone through life changes. Some of them are recently divorced. And so they said, listen, the last week I signed up to Match.com. This week I'm going to get a new haircut or I'm going to get just a new outfit. I think I need to step up my game a little and So you already know that they're in a fragile state and you have to respect that. What's important to you when you come into someone's home, I'm not going to come in there with a long backless dress and heels and crazy dark sunglasses. I'm not there to show off something edgy. Mm -hmm. I'm there to be a reflection, something that they can look to me. And when they ask me, what do you think of this? Or how do I change this? I give them feedback. I'm not there to win them over. I'm there to help them enjoy the way they look. But you really do form this intimate bond with your clients. And, you know, when they're standing in front of the mirror, looking at themselves and thinking, gosh, you know, I've, I've never worn V-necks like this because my ex-husband used to want me to cover up my collarbones. He never liked seeing my neck. Hmm. You think, okay, you know, I, I hear that. That's everyone, everyone has something. You know, I'm there to just, not tell them to change it, but tell them to accept it and celebrate it. If they look in that mirror and they like how they're feeling, what it brings out in them, then you bet your ass I'm running out and finding that same dress in a million colors. Well, let's touch on that a little. You mentioned the emotion to it and everyone has a story. Are there any clients that, that really stood out to you either for a reaction they had or maybe it was some sort of challenge or, or some story in and of itself that they had? Is there anything that really stands out? Because obviously you have a you, you definitely have connection, it sounds like, with what you're doing and with the individuals you're helping. Uh, so any particular situations or, or, like I said, any stories that stand out in your mind? Oh, gosh. Well, there's one which I considered after this session with the client. I thought about putting a clause in my contract that I will no longer work with lawyers. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yes. There's one really, really sweet client I had who 
had this um, attraction for clothing bought mostly at arts and crafts fairs. Hmm. Really wasn't doing her body any favors at all, at all. I mean, batik, linen, sweatpants, there's a place for that. I think it's in the donation box, but she would fill up her closet with these things because she always thought, well, I'm a lawyer, but I want to be approachable. I don't know. There was a lot there, too. Like, well, she has a very high-profile job as a lawyer for a very reputable TV station. She didn't want to be seen as just the run-of-the-mill lawyer or she was having guilt for being so successful. Mm-hmm. And that would come out in her clothing. And she would really put these clothes on that were even weighted in the front. So it actually made her physically hunch over and make herself smaller, which is shocking to me. That was a challenge for me. And I had taken her shopping. First, I had cleaned out her closet. That was tough. There was actually, at one point, a physical tug of war. Oh, nice. It's not just an expression. There was a tug of war. Mm-hmm. I think they were um, overalls, tie-dye overalls. <laughs> well, yeah, I can understand that, yeah. You can understand that. No. I mean, that's, I'm not making that up. <laughs> and they were tie-dye, and they were overalls, and they were done beautifully. But, yeah, it's, and she's like, no, I bought these at this fair, and, you know... There was a race I ran. There was like a giant, maybe a Habitat for Humanity t-shirt, just like brittle, just pit stains and grease stains. And, and I thought, okay, I'm going to have to pull out the big guns. I thought, Kim, <laughs> you're going to keep this t-shirt. Do you want to run into your ex-boyfriend wearing this t-shirt? And just like a rock, that t-shirt dropped into the donation pile. It was really like, so physically exhausting, that appointment. It lasted five and a half hours wow. going through everything. So, yeah, and I thought the next day I have to take her shopping. Like, oh, all right, I can do this. I can do this. We got rid of everything. We're getting new things. And we did a very successful shopping trip. And we'd come back to her apartment. And those donation bags I saw, it was like a little mouse had started chewing through the bottom <laughs> of the holes. And items were missing. All my hard work, I, my eyes started watering. <laughs> I was going to ask, what, what sort of reaction do you have at that point? I mean, are, are you uh, are you diving in her closet and taking those clothes back out, or what, what's the plan then? No, I couldn't because I thought this is just a vicious cycle. Nothing. There are things that she still needs to just work through. Mm-hmm. So I thought, okay, you know, she really needs to get here on her own. You obviously have a passion for what you're doing. That's that's part of what we want to do with these with these shows. So you know, giving giving listeners the idea again. If you have uh, maybe you're not interested in this particular area, but if you have a an interest, a love for something, you can find a, a career in it. If you definitely have a passion, but yeah. we want to give you the opportunity before we wrap things up to just if someone was interested in this this area, this discipline, this uh, this just this type of business. What sort of advice? What sort of tips would you offer up to them? Possibly they are changing a career. Maybe they're just looking to start a career. What, uh, what would be your advice? I would tell them, first, read everything. Women's Wear Daily, Style.com, every style blog out there to get yourself familiar with what the collections are, what seasons are, and understand what is being highlighted in the season. So become knowledgeable about trends. Work-wise, I would suggest shadowing a stylist, finding someone whose job is similar to what you're looking for, whether it's a personal shopper or a stylist or a visual designer in a store, offer yourself up, I'll work for free. Give me a couple hours here or an internship. Another thought that came to mind was local television stations. Hmm. Everybody has a wardrobe, costume person, or maybe they're just given a budget. I was doing something with the Yes Network, the Yankees, and 
the women there are just given the budget and shop for themselves. Okay. And often, you know, it was a disservice that they were doing with some of the necklines they were wearing and the colors. So, you know, I thought this would be a great way for someone who was just starting out to really get their hands in there and just look, you've got the budget rather than have these newscasters run around and spend their time doing it. I can do it for them. But Style for Hire really helps you fast track all of this. They have a workshop where I think it's held once or I think they might be doing it twice a year now where you can sign up and it's a three-day workshop where you just get everything, everything that I wish I had known before I started. Right. And so I would have skipped over the other jobs. <laughs> but it's great. Um, Stacy comes in there and just breaks down the industry for you, how she got started, what it takes to become a stylist, and different areas of styling. Maybe it's just you're doing editorial styling. Maybe you're doing personal styling. Or maybe it's just for a simple a vertical store that you're only working for the store. You go through little tests that they put together. Here's someone off the street. She, she's a full-time, she's a professional soccer player, but she also likes date nights and how do you dress for her body? Or this one wants to, she's a stay-at-home mom with a bad knee, but she wants to look cute and she doesn't always want to be in sneakers and cargo pants all the time. Mm-hmm. How do you dress her to look cute on the playground? And through these tests, you learn how do I approach this client? How do I, what did this client just tell me? She said that I have a bad knee, so I'm not going to pull out the high heels for her. How you react to the client and what you pull out based on what the client said to you is how our decisions get made. We say, okay, we are accepting you into the styling program. Or we say, listen, you've got the chops, but you don't really have the knowledge yet, so we're going to accept you into the apprentice program, in which case then you shadow a stylist, just like I had mentioned before, finding a stylist on your own and shadowing them. This is a way that you immediately get hooked up with a stylist rather than find one on your own. And I think that's after you you earn, I'm not sure what the total amount of hours is, but you earn a certain number of hours and then you get promoted into stylist. And it's great if you look on their website, styleforhire.com, you can see a list of stylists and apprentices and reading a brief description on each one, you can make your decision. We're all over the place. We're all over America. (laughs) Well, that's good to know because as are we, so our listeners will have plenty of options. Uh, Kim, thanks a lot for coming on. We appreciate your perspective with all this and and maybe perhaps some uh, individuals will follow your lead and and get into this area as well. So thanks for coming on today. Absolutely, Tim. Thank you so much. And, you know, please, any of your listeners, do not hesitate to just shoot me an email. And they can find you on styleforhire.com, I assume? They can find me on styleforhire.com. All right. Sounds good. With that, we will look to wrap things up here on this edition of You Do What? Again, perhaps the world of style therapy or something similar will interest our listeners. And that, of course, was our expert guest, Kim Naji, who is a stylist for hire, as well as the owner of SAS New York and a technical designer at Hot Hippie. Again, we appreciate her perspective with all of this. We do want to hear from you, the listeners, as well. So please send us any comments or suggestions for any of our podcasts, whether it be a topic on landing a job or perhaps you are interested in another type of industry or profession. Just shoot us an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. You've been listening to LJN Radio. I'm your host, Tim Muma. We'll talk to you later. Later.